it possible that the big one that we've all been waiting for, as in the earthquake we've been told our entire lives is going to happen here, is it possible that that earthquake could be bigger than what we expect? Yes, it is possible. And there's lots of work that is being done on that. So joining us now to talk about it is Dr. Harold Tobin, who's a professor and Perils Endowed Chair in Seismology and Geohazards in the Department of Earth and Space Sciences at the University of Washington. Dr. Tobin, thank you for joining us. Good morning. How can we determine what a future earthquake might look like? Well, in our region, uh, unfortunately, we have a couple of different types of faults that um, are sources of possible earthquakes. Um, you know, we, we do have the possibility of the big one coming from offshore that everybody's heard a lot of, perhaps accompanied by a tsunami. But we also have what we call crustal faults, these faults that run through the region a lot closer to the big cities, um, Seattle, Vancouver, and Victoria um, in our region. And um, they haven't had any earthquakes in historic times, so we have to rely on geology and really amazing sort of forensic clues to tell us about um, what kinds of earthquakes those faults could produce. And it turns out that they really are hazards and add to the hazard that comes from offshore. Okay, so tell me about these clues that we get. Where do they come from? Yeah, we have a field called paleoseismology, and that is what it sounds like. It's uh, it's sort of like the paleontology, but of earthquakes. So we look for um, clues in the in the soils, in um, lakes, and uh, other places like that that come from places where the ground has ruptured in the past. So there has been a fault line that's come to the surface during an earthquake and left, you know, something from hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, even tens of thousands of years ago uh, as a clue in the landscape. Um, one of the things that people look for is evidence of past landslides and, and ground breaks and uh, natural faults damming up um, rivers and streams and then drowning trees. And the interesting thing about that is now a really expanding field is using tree ring dating dendrochronology, to um, actually get the dates down of earthquakes that happened long before we have a historic record. Okay, but how does that show up in a tree ring? How does an earthquake show up there? Yeah, well, one example is if, um, if a, a fault forms and it actually creates a sort of natural dam, then it might flood a region and drown the trees that are living in that particular spot. Well, those trees, they die um, because, of, because of that drowning, but they leave a record of the year that they died in from the last tree ring before the bark on the outside of the tree. So if you can find the, the logs um, or the standing trees, even in some cases from those events, and any one tree that dies, of course, you don't know what it means. But if you have a region with a pattern where a bunch of them have actually you know, met their demise in the same year, then that's a clue that something specific happened at that specific time. And of course, you have to separate it from all the other possible effects, fires, uh, climatic change and other things. But it turns out that especially around the Seattle region with our lakes like Lake Washington, Lake Sammamish and, uh, um, and the kind of the rugged topography around here, there's sort of a rapidly expanding understanding that we have a, a real tree ring record of some of these past earthquake events. And what are those tree rings telling us? Well, what we're seeing, and this, this new study that was just published by a group that I'm, I'm not part of, but I'm tremendously impressed by this work, is that uh, we have a fault called the Seattle Fault. It's been known for a while that it exists, uh, several decades. It runs through uh, south of downtown, right in Seattle, um, and, but also across Bainbridge Island and some of the lakes here. And um, it was known to have had an earthquake about 1,100 years ago. Um, now, with this new study, that earthquake has been dated to exactly the year 923 A.D., 
just by coincidence, exactly 1,100 years ago uh, this year, because uh, uh, the, the tree rings show that all those trees died somewhere between the fall of 923 and the spring of 924 when the tree would start growing again. But there's another fault to the west of us called Saddle Mountain Fault, and it turns out it happened in the exact same year. There was an earthquake on that fault on the, in, also in 923 AD based on the tree rings. What's that telling us? Um, it says either that actually those two faults linked up to form one even larger earthquake um, than we previously believed possible, or there was sort of a, a horrible year where two magnitude 7.3 to 7.5 earthquakes happened, bang, bang, hours apart, days apart, months apart, but no more than about half a year apart. Okay. So once again, though, it sounds like what you're saying is we are overdue and it's going to be bigger than what we thought. Well, here's the good news for those Seattle Fault and Seattle Mountain type earthquakes. It is um, pretty clear from the same study that no other event bigger than that or as big as that has happened in the general Puget Sound region um, down here in the last 16,000 years. That's probably the biggest event since the ice was here during the last ice age. That's really good news. That maybe sets the bar for how big one can be. doesn't mean there weren't smaller, smaller events, and certainly there were. On your side of the border, um, there's been a huge amount of research in the last 10 years showing that a number of faults on Vancouver Island, like the Leech River Fault, formerly thought to just be an old, dead, inactive geological feature, is actually a fault that has had earthquakes several in the past few thousand years. Um, so these events are adding up to be something where each individual fault doesn't necessarily have um, uh, earthquakes very often, more often than a few thousand years, but put them all together and they make a significant risk. I should say none of these are as big in terms of magnitude as the one from offshore that people think of as, quote unquote, the really big one, you know, the, the tsunami inducing earthquake that would come from the ocean. Um, this is separate. These are different faults. But of course, our hazard to our cities and our population centers is additive, right? It adds up from all these different kinds of uh, possible earthquakes. Are we good at um, like tracking these? Are we good? Do we have good hazard models? I think our hazard models are continuously uh, needing updating, and this new study definitely compounds that and shows that. Um, for the Seattle region in particular, we need to change the hazard model. Um, for Victoria or Vancouver, you know, that's also ongoing work, and um, uh, we know that there's an earthquake hazard. That's good. We have building codes that take that into account, um, but we still have to think about what are the worst-case scenarios or even the not worst-case but sort of most likely scenarios that city planners, um, emergency managers, et cetera, have to plan for. And I think that's evolving. And I think this new research is, is pushing it to show that the hazard is, uh, is greater than was thought before. Right. Which just means that we need to be more prepared, which is something we're not very good at, Dr. Tobin. Yeah, unfortunately, um, earthquakes are the kind of event that happens very infrequently. So they're sort of very much out of sight, out of mind, but when they happen, they come without warning and, uh, and our preparation is, is not up to snuff. I mean, I would, I would be, you know, um, at least I'd give us a, 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 a passing grade for making progress. And I think a lot of work has been done. Uh, we certainly build much safer buildings than we used to. And there's been a lot of effort to retrofit older ones. But there's clearly a long way to go in any population center you can choose in the entire Salish Sea region. And, uh, and I would just, you know, urge that preparation is key. We don't know when it's going to strike. We could have no significant damaging earthquake in the next decade or one could happen tomorrow and we just have to be ready for that possibility. And we have a lot of work then on that front. Uh, thank you so much for your time.
Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. That's Dr. Harold Tobin, who's a professor in the uh, Perils Endowed Chair in Seismology and Geohazards in the Department of Earth and Space Sciences at the University of Washington. It's fascinating work that they're doing to see what the history of earthquakes has been like here in the kind of Pacific Northwest, is what they call it in the United States, but our South Coast region as well, and preparing us for the next one. Well, that's something that I think we all need to work on.